This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Oh, it's so good to be with y'all again. Y'all just, it's just amazing how the Lord has built this class and, and we keep seeing new faces and it's just so much fun. It's so much fun to share God's good word. Let's begin with prayer. Thank you, Father, for the, our time together and for what you have done here. We love listening to your word, Father. We love hearing your word. We love speaking your word. Thank you, Father, tonight that these will hear exactly what they need to hear to be encouraged, that their faith grows, that they take what belongs to them in Scripture, and they live victoriously. And we thank you, Father, for your work of the Holy Spirit here in this class tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus came to set the captives free. That is the gospel in a nutshell, and that is good news. And that's what gospel means. It's good news. He came to set the captives free. That's exactly what he did when he walked on the earth. And you know, he never has changed. He's the same today as he was then, and that's his desire is to set captives free. All, all types of captivity. But in here, it's being set free from things that have come against our physical bodies, our, you know, our emotional well-being, uh, mental things. He wants you free. Whatever state of, uh, you are in regarding your, your um, condition, uh, in your physical body. So um, we're just going to study scriptures tonight, and I pray that as you hear this word, that it will, your faith will be increased, because that's what happens. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, and we are going to speak this, the, God's word in here every week we get together. We may repeat some of the same scriptures, but they're all good, and it doesn't hurt to hear them over and over again. So um, in, let's just go right, dig right into the word in uh, Matthew 4. Verse 23, I'm going to try to give a little time for you to look these in your Bible, look these up in your Bible, take a note, uh, write down a, a word that really stands out to you, or especially the scripture where it's found. <clears throat> Matthew 4:23 says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, preaching the good news of the kingdom. God's kingdom, God's domain, where he, he rules. And healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. So this just isn't... This just isn't about a physical, you know, a sickness or a malady, an infirmity, a demon possession. Demons can, bring, uh, can be in the, the uh, flesh of a person in their soulish realm and cause all kinds of problems. Torments, I see that as a lot of fear because um, that's what fear is. The Bible says fear is torment. So whatever is connected with the sickness that, that torments a person, just something that mentally torments or just a constant badgering of something, uh, Jesus set them free. He healed them, and that's what he wants to do uh, in your life and in my life, uh, just day in and day, day out, whatever uh, we come against, it comes against us. And, and as, as he taught and he preached, faith came. And it, you have to have faith to receive from God. 
Um, Mark uh, 6, 5, and 6. We won't turn there, but just uh, write it down and go, go read it uh, on your own. But it says he could do not, couldn't do much healing there. Jesus couldn't do much healing. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Unbelief kept him from doing what he wanted to do, what he had the power to do. The power was present to do, but because they wouldn't believe, they wouldn't use their faith, he couldn't do it. So this is a, a, a very uh, good lesson on we've got to get faith for healing. We've got to uh, grab hold of faith. We've got to get it built up because we don't know what's down the road that the enemy might try to afflict our lives with. So start believing God with whatever, you know, a small thing, uh, believe God, receive your healing for the small things. And if a big, big thing hits, then you will have had experience in believing and receiving, and it will not be a, a, a difficult thing for you to receive the bigger things that you need in your life. But he healed all kinds, all kinds of sickness, all kinds of diseases. And, and healed, we, knew, we know what the word healed encompasses. I think all of us know that. But it, it has, has several different meanings in different places in Scripture. It means uh, to cure, cure, which is a finality. It's like it's out of here. It's totally done. You're cured of that. <clears throat> and it, it can mean um, mending stitch by stitch, just a repair, a restoration, uh, just a recovery. So whatever your healing needs, God has the answer for it, and he has the way for you to come out of, of the affliction, of the difficulty, whatever it is. He wants you free. Uh, I know as he looks on mankind and he sees how the enemy has brought, uh, you know, just all kinds of diseases and torments and afflictions and maladies and infirmities against his his people, I know that it, it has to be something that he so desires to see removed from lives because you're his kids and he wants you to be well and he wants you to live a good life and, and be free from anything the enemy would bring against us. And we know that sickness comes from the devil. It's, it, it originates with him and he's the one that brings it. Uh, let's turn to John 8. Verse 31. Says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word and uh, you are my disciples indeed. Okay, abiding in the word. Uh, abide, abode. If you have an abode, you're living there. So we are to live in the word of God. We are to make it a part of our lives day in and day out. And make it a place where we constantly go and, and partake of the life that's in it. <clears throat> it says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So it has to be from the word. We have to find out what the word says uh, in order for us to know the truth, know God's will for every situation, know God's answer for whatever we're dealing with. You know, years ago when we first started this, uh, I think Joy mentioned last week how long we had been teaching, started it in 97, and we called it Healing School at that time. <clears throat> and we had a little couple that came very religiously, I and mean, they were just always, we had it on Saturday morning, and they just had the most delightful 
a name that they called Healing School, and they called it Life School. They said it's not only for healing, it's for all of life. So what you get, the principles you learn here for your faith, for healing, to receive healing, you could receive it, you know, you could use your faith in any area. You just have to get the knowledge of Scripture on that particular area, um, whether you're needing, you know, maybe a, a financial a stability or blessing in your life. Go to scriptures that you find the answers uh, for how he has, how he uh, supplies for us through, uh, you know, the financial realm. So it's all there. But faith uh, is required for everything. Faith. So that should be something we are very interested in. We need faith. So that's what you're getting. You're getting fed in here. The truth. You sh- You will know the truth and the truth which is the word of God. Jesus, uh, when he prayed, uh, he was praying for his disciples. He told, he asked the father, he says, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. So this is the truth right here. We can hear all kinds of information, but, but this is the truth. We have to go back here and see, well, what does the Bible say? There are opinions, there are theories, there are all kinds of things men come up with. But you're safe with the word and it will bring life, it will bring wholeness and soundness to your situation every time. Uh, Verse 36 of John 8 says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I just think that's a most beautiful promise. Um, You know, you can go to a a, a natural means of, of a supply being met, and it may, you know, be a supply, it may be an answer for a little while. Uh, but then you might have to deal with that certain thing again. But in the truth, the Bible, uh, and the truth of the word here will totally make you free. You will be free indeed. That's a certainty, indeed. The word of God is just, there's nothing like it. Let's go to Colossians 1.13. And I, I titled this message... Uh, Freedom. Love that word. There's certain scripture, there's certain words that I just, I don't know, it's real me. And freedom's one of them. I love victory. I love triumph. I love, I love overcoming. I, you know, just all of those very uh, powerful, uh, uplifting words from scripture. But Colossians 1.13 It says, he has delivered, talking about God, has delivered us from the authority, the power or authority of darkness and transferred us or translated, conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we have been taken out. When we, you were born again, you were removed from the, from the authority of darkness. Satan does not have any legal right to mess with your life. None. You're not in his under his authority anymore. You're not in the kingdom of darkness. You're in the kingdom of God's dear son, a freedom kingdom, a kingdom where there's hope and blessing and peace and victory and joy, all the beautiful uh, promises that that the Lord has provided us. They're there. But we have to step over uh, in that we have been translated there or transferred there, uh, but we have to step into our rights and privileges as a member of that uh, 
that realm. They're there. They're there. You know, they're for us to enjoy and and walk in and receive. Uh, but it's our responsibility. He's done it. He took us out from the from the realm and the authority of the enemy. And that's why you. It is so thrilling to know that if the enemy tries to put something on you, you have such a powerful right and a privilege to stand against him and refuse it and refuse it say I'm not having that that's not mine I'm not in your kingdom you have no right over me you know sometimes people get really kind of um, a little bit leery of being so direct with the enemy but um, don't don't have that as your mindset be bold with the enemy Stand boldly against him. Jesus defeated him. He made a show of him, the Bible said, openly triumphing over him in the work of the cross. In the midst of his cohorts, when he was in the pit of hell, the devil thought he had him. But God spoke, and, he, and justice was satisfied. The price was paid for our redemption, and he came up out of that, that uh, pit, rose victoriously, uh, rose from the dead, and Satan uh, was put under his feet. And because we're seated together with him in a place of uh, position of authority, Satan's underneath our feet too. So don't be afraid, be afraid to stand up against the enemy. Don't be afraid to say, no, that doesn't belong to me. That sickness doesn't belong to me. Jesus bore that for me. I'm not going to have it. I'm not in your kingdom. I'm in the kingdom of God's dear son, and there's victory there. I'm in a kingdom of freedom. And I'm, that's where I'm going to live. I'm living there. And I'm going to have everything that kingdom has provided for me. It's a good, good kingdom from a good, good God. And we are to rule and reign in that kingdom. Ah, good news. <laughs> it is such good news to know that we have all of this at our disposal. John 10, 10. Jesus' words says the thief, who would be Satan or the devil, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So you think about sickness. You think about any, anything coming against your physical body. What's it is, is intent? Is, its intent is to steal from you, and it steals in a lot of different ways. It steals your... Your, uh, you know how you are to how you function in life, but it steals finances, it steals time, it steals, uh, you know, from family situations. I mean, so many times, someone who's very ill in a home, the whole family is just disrupted. Everything, nothing's right anymore. So this is something that he, you know, this is a working of the enemy, stealing, killing. Of course, we know that he wants to just take you out. You know, he just wants to take you out. Because you're God's and he hates God. And because of it, he hates us. But you know what? We hate him too. And it's okay to hate the devil. I do. I hate him. <clears throat> He's brought so much misery to so many people. To destroy is another uh, working of the enemy. That, that has sickness and disease all over it. And we know you may have known someone with the, the virus that we've dealt with that has... Um, 
perished. You know, they've lost their lives because of it. And that's a destructive thing that he's brought against a whole world. So he's behind it all. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life more abundantly. I want you to listen to these adjectives. These are yours. <clears throat> I'm just, I just attached healing on the end of every one, uh, every one of these. He came to give us abundant, excessive healing, overflowing healing, profuse healing, extraordinary healing, more than enough healing, superabundant healing. Those are actually uh, uh, adjectives that are, that's in the definition, the Greek definition of abundantly. So those are right from Scripture. That's what he's given us, and that's what he wants us to enjoy and partake of. I don't know about you, but that makes me very happy. I like that. I like abundant healing. I like abundant, everything that's attached to abundant healing. I like that you can... Uh, if you have something that you're dealing with in your physical body, just the hope and, and uh, the future knowing that uh, uh, Jesus has taken care of this. I'm not going to live with this. This isn't, isn't going to kill me. It's not going to take me down. I've had things attack my body over the years that uh, would have taken me out had it not been for the healing of God. So... Um, I just, I'm so thrilled with what he's done for us. What a good father. What a loving, loving Jesus. He wants the captives set free. Uh, we see in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, that um, there was an abundance of healing everywhere. There were massive healings. There were uh, great multitudes. There were individual healings that it records. Uh, in Matthew alone, uh, there are... Just, just over and over and over, and we can write these down. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to go over all of them, but um, Matthew 12:15. You look, at, look this up later. You can take that note. <clears throat> um, great multitudes were healed. I looked that up one time. I thought, okay, what's a multitude? Just a lot of people. It doesn't really say. You know, okay, is this amount, this number? Uh, so it's a lot. It's, they couldn't be counted. Uh, Matthew 8, 16, it says he healed all. Um, Matthew 9, 35, he healed every sickness and every disease. Matthew 14, 14, he was moved with compassion and healed all their sick. Uh, I just think that's, that's such a loving word, compassion. And it's, it's a, um, it has the idea of pity. And it's not a pity like, oh, bless your heart. It's a pity of wanting to change the situation for you, wanting to see it improve, wanting to see it get better. So that's his compassion. It's like he was moved with that. He went, I want to take care of this. He wanted to do that everywhere. We see um, in one of the individual healings about the man that was let down through the roof by the, his friends and put before Jesus. It said that... Jesus was teaching in that home, and um, the power of the Lord was present to heal. Nobody was getting healed, and you know he was just itching for somebody to reach out in faith and be healed. He could, they could have just touched his garment. They could, they could have asked, would you, would you just pray for me? I mean, it was there. The power was there to heal. The only one that got healed that is recorded, and I... I, it looks like it's, that's it. It was the guy that was let down through the roof because he said he saw their faith. And that's what it took. And he said, 
get up and take your bed. Your sins are forgiven. So um, it's available always at, at, in the midnight hours at home. If you wake up and you don't feel well, healing's there for you just to grab hold and take. You know, if you're in your car, you're driving somewhere and something hits you, receive your healing and resist the enemy and receive your healing right there. And uh, uh, just take it all. Just be very, uh, um, I don't want to use the word aggressive. What's the word? I guess it is aggressive. Just take it with, with, uh, with vigor, with eagerness, knowing that he has provided and he wants you free because he came to set the captives free. Let's turn to Acts 10.38. Verse, um, I was just reading the previous verses. They're all good, but I'm just going to start with 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I have uh, looked up um, that doing good, and it was uh, it meant that he, he did uh, things for people to help them, you know, maybe he shared food with them or he provided in some other way that word doing good meant that he did he did things like that for people and then he healed too you know he just didn't take care of just the healing he took care of other needs too in people's lives and that's what he wants to do for all of us you know because he knows that we're going to have needs in this world so um but i thought that that was an interesting study he said he went about doing good and he healed too so he blessed people he blessed people. I know we, um, this church is a giving church, and it's a church that reaches out. It reaches in. We help people inside, but they reach out as well. So um, that's just what, what the Lord was doing here. As he walked this earth, he was touching people's lives. And maybe, you know, they had a treasure, so they had money. So maybe he gave some people some money to help them with, with a need. They had food because there were 12 of them. They had to eat. So maybe he shared food from their bag, their source. But he did good. He did very uh, um, kind, loving things as he walked the earth. And then he healed too. So um, just from his heart of giving and then from the power of healing. And he'll do that today because he, he doesn't change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the, in the four Gospels, <clears throat> there are recorded 19 individual healings, and you will hear us teach those in healing class from time to time. One of us will pick up a particular healing, and uh, uh, some of our favorites are the woman with the issue of blood who, who said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. That was her face speaking. She had heard about Jesus. She may have, maybe she saw his, uh, uh, the miracles that he did. But her faith was there. She, her faith grew, and she, she spoke. Was, she spoke in faith. And it said that she said it in her heart, but another, one of the other gospels says she said. And she kept saying, if I can just get to him and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. And she did. And she was made whole at that very moment. J. Iris, who was walking with her, 
with Jesus, was walking with Jesus on the way to get for his daughter to be raised from the dead. Uh, he stuck with Jesus, you know. He could have gotten discouraged and said, oh, brother, because the woman told him all the truth. And you know women, we have words. So she may have just gone on and on and on and on because she thought, oh, I went to this doctor and he just, he did this, but it didn't work. And then this other doctor did because she spent all she had and just grew worse. But anyway, she told the whole story to Jesus. And um, he said, go, your, your faith has made you whole. He called her daughter. He said, your faith has made you whole. So faith again, we see it all the uh, you know, everywhere. Jairus, when, he, when somebody came from his house and said, don't trouble the master, your daughter's dead, don't, uh, don't bother, don't bother. I mean, Jesus was standing right there, and Jairus hadn't left his side. And he said, turn to Jairus. He said, don't be afraid, only believe. So guard against fear, because the enemy will come with fear and hit you in the head with that. And just say, no, I'm not going to be afraid. I have the truth of the word of God. This is more powerful than anything in this whole earth. This powerful word is what I'm standing on, the truth of this word, and it will make me free. Just make sure that you are speaking the word, you keep the word in your heart, and you are believing the word. And something that I used to say a lot, and every now and then I'll pick it back up again, your word is true. The word is true, and I believe it. God's word is true, and I believe it. It's true, and I believe it. I read something the other day in a book by Lillian B. Yeomans, <clears throat> who was a medical doctor, and she got hooked on drugs in order to continue to perform, you know, everything she needed to do to help people because she was just, uh, you know, she was going, uh, you know, all day long and into the night sometimes, I guess. But she, she just took drugs in order to keep going, you know, and she got hooked on them, and she was just a pathetic mess. She said it was just, she just couldn't live without them. But she uh, was uh, set free, and the Lord healed her and delivered her. And from that point on, she stopped medical, the medical profession and went into, she and her sister opened up a house where they cared for uh, people who were just at the point of death, and they would bring them to her and her sister, and they would... Um, teach them the word and give them the word and have them speak the word and they would get them healed. And she made this statement and I thought it was so good and I've been meditating on it <clears throat> and just rolling it over in my head. She said, why do you need feelings when you know the truth? So if you don't feel something happening in your body, when you, you, know, when you believe that you receive, it will take place if you believe that you've received your healing. The feelings will come, but they may not be there just real quick. Sometimes they might, but what does it matter? Feelings don't matter when you know, when you know what the Bible says. When you know this truth, it will make you free. So don't pay any attention to the feelings. Just say, Father, I'm not going by feelings. I'm going by the truth. I'm going by your word, and feelings will come. It'll work it, it'll work it out because he didn't lie. He said that if we would receive, that we would have what we ask for. And it's true. He, uh, he always watches his word and it will perform it. But we have to stay with the word. We have to stay with the truth. Matthew 8. Matthew just has so much 
so many healing um, accounts in it. It's just a beautiful, beautiful, encouraging book of healing. Um, verse 16, speaking of Jesus, says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. I love that. With a word. Go. Just go. And they left. And he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by, by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. That's uh, Isaiah 53, 4. Says, uh, when Isaiah saw Jesus in the, you know, in the far distant future, um, and he prophesied that, that he would bear our sicknesses and, our, and our carry our pain. And Jesus was fulfilling that when he healed people, when he set the captives free. He said he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Jesus took them, bore them, lifted them off of us, and carried them away. And it's all in the realm of the Spirit. We can't figure that out. That's not anything that we're supposed to figure out. We're just supposed to believe. Isn't it wonderful to leave those big things with God? I mean, that's like a little child coming and coming to you and asking you this huge question that they cannot really carry, so to speak, or they cannot really figure it out in their little heads, even if you explained it to a degree. That's how we are. We're called little children. So we have to see, leave some things with the Lord. If he didn't tell us about it in his word, um, and then the Bible says the secret things belong to God. He's revealed to us what we need to know. He's a very wise father. If there's some things that we don't need to know, he doesn't tell us. We should be okay with that. Just so it's based on scripture. You may hear, um, you know, in just something come to you um, that you think, okay, was that the Lord? Check it out in the scripture. If it doesn't bear witness with this, then it's not God. This will always, the things the Spirit speaks to you and the Word will always agree. So stay with this. We just have to have this Word so strong, uh, not only for healing, but goodness, the things going on in this world. Um, <clears throat> when you take or receive your healing, it is done. Done. I, I always think of little Roman's story, um, and it's actually on our YouTube. Um, it's like a little over five minutes. Go go check it out on the ARC YouTube. It's called Roman's Story. And um, he was like, I don't know, two years old maybe, maybe a little older. He's a little toddler. His parents brought him. They heard that we would anoint with oil and pray. And some of you have heard this story before, but I, I just, it's just such an amazing little thing for them. This little guy, uh, as we prayed for him, we laid hands on him. And because his parents brought him, his mother brought him and said, I heard, you know, somewhat, someone has told me that y'all will anoint. My baby has cancer. And um, she had asked the um, medical people how many children survived that. And they said they knew of one. Well, that one was another young one that came to us, Kentley. And uh, her mother received healing for her when she was, she, she was, and had cancer when she was an infant as well. But she survived, and she's married now, I think, has a, has a child of her own. So Roman's probably 10 or 13 maybe now. I'm not sure. But um, he was tiny. But when we finished praying for him, 
and it always touches my heart. <laughs> this little guy who had never said this word before said, done. And that was such an encouragement to his, fam his parents because they said he's never said that word before. But they grabbed a hold of that, and they had to fight a fight for him because they had never heard anything about healing. They had never, I don't even know, I think she had been saved, had not really been walking with the Lord, and I think her husband had gotten saved um, through all of this. But uh, he's alive because their parents, the parents grabbed a hold of the word and uh, held on to when they, this baby was prayed for that he would recover. So uh, victory, freedom is what the Lord has for all of us. First um, Peter 2.24 is one of my favorite scriptures. Um, about with healing. Verse 24 of 1 Peter 2 says, Who himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. And that's referring back to Isaiah 53 when he said, by his stripes you are healed. And this happened on the way to the cross when Jesus went to the whipping post and had stripes placed upon him. He didn't have to do that, but he did it because God loves us and wants us free. We were healed. So that means it's finished. Jesus isn't going to pay for it again. It's been paid for. So our, our position is, again, just receiving that, taking it, believing it, thanking the Lord. Uh, let's look at Luke 4.18. This happened in Nazareth where he was brought up, where Jesus was brought up. And this, too, is in um, the book of Isaiah 49. But Jesus was quoting Isaiah, and, uh, and he read, read it from the book of Isaiah. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And when he said he was anointed, they knew that word. It was Christ. Because that's what anointed is. It's the word Christ, it means anointed. And they thought, anointed? They, their heads must have been spinning at that, play, that point, like, what's he talking about? This is Joseph's son. We, he grew, we, grew up, we grew up with him. Who, who does he think he is? But he is anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, the gospel, the good news. This is what we're talking about tonight. It's a, it's a news of victory. And all of these things that we're going to be reading here in this scripture are freedom. It's freedom that God has for his children to preach the gospel to the poor. And I looked that up. Uh, the poor means a beggar. He wanted people to be free from begging. Apparently, begging was a real big thing in the Bible days. You know, they even had, from my understanding, a cloak that gave them a legal right to beg. So uh, he, he's telling them, um, I have some good news for you. <laughs> you don't have to be a beggar anymore because of who he is. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, and that's an, a lot of people have been had wounds in their hearts they need the healing of, so God cares for the whole of man. 
the inside and the outside, I mean, just everything about us, to proclaim liberty to the captives or freedom to the captives. And that covers a lot of different areas too. Captives, uh, we've talked about the physical things or uh, demonic things, things that just oppressive things, torments. Liberty, freedom, recovering a sight to the blind. And you know, I've wondered about this too. Why did he mention just the blind? Because there are other serious things there was there was you know deafness leprosy there were other things that people dealt with at that day the blind and I got to thinking about that and I'm not saying I had a revelation but it, it made sense to me because Satan is uh, the uh, authority of darkness and blind people walk in darkness all the time not you know not necessarily um, uh, just yielded to the enemy but darkness God is light and he doesn't want people to have darkness to be to govern their lives. So that's my thought about it. I like I said, I, I'm not saying I had a great revelation of that, but it made sense to me. Blindness is just dark. I think that's one of the worst things you could deal with. I mean, not being able to hear or being crippled or having something else that's a little, um, you know, <laughs> not pleasant to deal with. But blindness, not being able to see. It's just really mm, just that darkness. He wants people to be free from darkness, to set at liberty or to free those who are oppressed or bruised or uh, downtrodden. Have you run into downtrodden people before? I mean, they're out there. You can just see it on them. They're just so heavy and they're just so, uh, you know, hopeless almost. They look very sad. But he said, I, I just I want them free to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And this is beautiful. The, the acceptable year of the Lord, they knew what that was. It was the year of Jubilee. In the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, it talked about the year of Jubilee, which was um, every 50 years. But he, and, and they, were, they were returned to their possessions. They had things that had been stolen from them, restored to them. If they were away from their family, they were taken back to their family. And this is what Jesus is saying. I'm proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he went on down in verse 21. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing today. He was saying, I'm it. I'm the Messiah. And they picked up stones to, you know, they wanted to throw him off the brow of the hill. They just, because he was Joseph's son. We didn't, they didn't believe him but we believe him. This is ours too. The acceptable year of the Lord. Return to our possessions. If Satan has stolen your health, he's stolen things from you uh, that, you know, uh, brokenheartedness or mental things he's stolen. Jesus says, I want to restore it to you. Accept my freedom. Accept who I am. I'm your jubilee. It's not a year anymore. It's a life, a life of freedom. I don't know if that excites you or not, but I, I, every time I read this, I just get all, oh, just exuberant in, on the inside of me because I've been believing God for some things of restoration for, for my family. You know, if you have family, you have children who are away from God or you have children who have, you know, backslidden or um, he's, he says, I will restore. I will return your children to your possession, to your families. And they will be 
not your possession, but they will be a part of your lives again. So everything in him is freedom. Everything in him is the most beautiful uh, healing, delivering uh, victory, you know, free indeed. Free indeed. He makes you free, you're free indeed. I just want to encourage you. If you have places in your life that you say, okay, this is just not where it should be, receive from him this victory from, from Luke. Uh, he's, he has a freedom. He has victory for you, liberty, uh, recovery, health, and wholeness. Um, everything that our lives need, he has it for us but we have to take it by faith. We have to learn about it in Scripture and take it by faith. Take it to him. Take it to him. I've got this, Lord, and I know you have answers. I see in your word that you have, you have freedom from, for all this that, uh, that I haven't had freedom in. And you have a restoration for me, and I take it. I receive it. it to me, it's just a, just a complete... Uh, blessing that he pours out upon our lives, wholeness in every way. I have just a few more scriptures I wanted to share just to kind of get a, a pattern, so to speak, of getting what you need from God. Uh, I did write this down, that the doctor's diagnosis states the problem. God's diagnosis gives a, gives a solution to and the cure to the problem. So um, it's it's uh, freedom. It's victory. It's good for everything we go through. Uh, Mark nine twenty three. <clears throat> Jesus said to the man who brought his child and said, "If you can do anything, have compassion." on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So start out with that. All things are possible. He didn't put any limitations on it. He didn't say just this area, we don't going to go there. No, all things, all things are possible. If there's a need, if there's a lack, if there's a problem, if there's a, uh, has been destruction, if there has been something stolen, uh, if there has been something uh, just um, not working as it should in our lives with our physical bodies or whatever. Um, he said all things are possible to him who believes, and we believe what his word tells us about it. Mark eleven twenty four. Says, therefore I say to you, Jesus speaking, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So the key here is when you pray. Believe you receive it right then when you pray, not when you see it, when you pray. And that's when you'll have it, not when you're not waiting until you see it. That's not faith. Faith is when you don't see. Believe that you receive right then. I was taught this, oh, wow, early, so early, just right after I got saved and learned about healing. And uh, when I would, I would, you know, I would go to the Lord in my little childlike 
know nothing spiritual. I was so spiritually ignorant, knew nothing. <laughs> God was, he was just working with me and helping me. But I would get before the Father and I would pray, Lord, I, I see that, um, you know, this scripture says that by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. So I need healing here. So I ask for healing for this particular thing. And I believe that I receive it right now. And I thank you for it. And you know what I would do? I don't know if this will help you or not. I would see it here. I would see it in my spirit. I would just thought, okay, I believe that I receive it right here. I just, I wouldn't think about it landing here in my mind and staying there. I just saw it kind of drop into my heart. Okay, I've got it. I've got it right here. And he, it would work out to where I would see the manifestation of what I was believing for in my body. So I don't know if that helps you or not, but it was such a um, childlike thing to me. And he honored it, and, and I believe that it's, uh, it's scripturally sound because that's where we, we receive with the heart because faith is of the heart. We don't receive with our thoughts here. We receive with the heart. Faith is of the heart. It's of the spirit, of the in the inner man. Uh, James 2.17. Verse 17 says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works or corresponding actions, is dead. If you believe, you'll act. Uh, a teacher of the word uh, that teaches faith, used to teach faith, he's in heaven now. But he would say, if you believe, you'll act. You'll act like the word is true. So you have to do something to act. Uh, I know one time when I, I had lost feeling in my my. Uh, my arms and my legs from my knees down, and I don't know what the enemy tried to put on me, but uh, but in my arms uh, from my elbow down to my hands, I lost feeling. <clears throat> but I would, I had received my healing. I believe that I had received my healing. I thanked the Lord for it, and I just stood, you know, stood on the word. Thank you, Lord. Healing's working in me. And I just, I'll remember this vividly. I, I remember picking up a pan off the stove, and I, it was hard because you, I couldn't feel it, and I had no strength, really. But I just remember taking that pan and thanking the Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's so good to be healed. It is so good to be able to use my hand and my arm. It's, I'm just thanking you. And, and it was just like there was no feeling there. There was no evidence that there was uh, wholeness or soundness or healing working, but I just remember doing that. And, and the feelings came, and the, it was my arms and legs were restored uh, to where I had feeling again. But it's just that act of corresponding action. If you believe, you'll act. You'll do something. I remember um, Dodie Osteen. Some of you probably know of her, John Osteen's uh, wife. I think she's still alive. She's got to be almost, what, 90? She's really a go-getter. She's just really stayed in there. Um, <clears throat> but when she had lung cancer, they brought her home, and doctors could do nothing else. And uh, they put her in, you know, took her to her house. And so uh, she needed something, and they told her, you get up and do it yourself. If you're healed, you get up and do it yourself. You know she did? She did. I don't I remember what it was, 
but she had, there was something she needed, but they wouldn't get it for her. They said, if you think, if you believe that you were healed, you believe that you received your healing, you get up because you have to act like you're healed. And you know what she did? She pushed herself and did it. And uh, she's alive today. That's been many years ago. She has a little book, uh, Healed of Cancer. <clears throat> but uh, she's, she's another witness of you got to act. got to act like it's so. you got to thank the Lord. That's my next point. No, my next point is 2 Corinthians 4.13, which ties in with, uh, you know, the confessions of your mouth. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and, and therefore speak. So you're going to have to speak what you believe. If you believe you're healed, then you need to speak that you're healed and follow through with other actions. Maybe, you know, at first, maybe the speaking is the only action you have. Well, do it. But you're going to have to go beyond that at some point. Just keep pushing, keep yourself going, and another, a little step further, and a step further, and a step further. And that's how we walk this out. Second uh, Corinthians. They have to have faith. Yeah, they have to connect with faith. So you can stand in agreement with them, uh, but there's got to be some faith from there, from them too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's talk about that after the class, okay? Um, and then the last verse is Colossians 2, 7, that we are to abound in our faith with thanksgiving. Just be thankful. Just keep saying, I thank you, Lord. Hebrews six twelve says, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So be patient. Keep on keeping on. And Luke 1, 37 it says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. Nothing shall be impossible with God. So nothing's too hard. Nothing's too hard for him. Father, we thank you so much for this time together. And I just thank you, Lord, as, as the word has gone forth, that those hearing ears and seeing eyes and understanding hearts, Father, that are sitting before, before me, Lord, that you are enriching their lives beyond anything, Father, that they've ever experienced before. Thank you, Father. This is a class of people who are getting their healing because they are receiving your word and learning how to take what you have provided for them, and they have, uh, have victory in their future. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.